Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Have you ever heard of the law of unintended consequences? It'd be better if I could actually say that in some kind of way that sounded, you know, like I knew how to speak English and wasn't speaking like Joe Biden after a long day. Have you ever heard of the law of unintended consequences? It's not actually a law, but go to your uh, go to your uh, favorite uh, search uh, engine and uh, go to law of unintended consequences. And they'll tell you that it is a frequently observed phenomenon in which any action has results that are not part of the actor's purpose. So uh, you decided to surprise your mom and, uh, and you went to your mom's house just as a surprise and you knock on the door and she opens the door and it turns out mom's having an affair with the mailman. You didn't know that was gonna happen, holy cow! Mom's getting on with the mailman. I'm never going to be okay. I'm only using FedEx from now on. This is insane. And could you ask him about the price of stamps? It's ridiculous already. The law of unintended consequences. You sometimes don't get the thing that you claimed that you were going to get. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Uh, that's uh the 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 number. Uh feel free. Uh share. Especially if you ever found your mom with the mailman. Unless your dad is also a mailman, in which case <laughs> doesn't count. In California, one would argue, if they knew nothing about the purpose, that there has been one of these fine examples of the law of unintended consequences. And it started with the push, the legislation that states we will in California ban the sale of gas vehicles by 2035. 2035, you will not be able to sell a new gas vehicle in the state. Now, for those of us playing the home game, that's about 12 and a half, 13 years away. 12 and a half? No, 13 years away. 13 and a half. 13, 13 and a half years away. No, 13 years and just a couple of months. Let's say it's 2035. You won't be able to sell a new car, a new car that's gas powered. Their belief is, is that they are so good and decent and kind and loving of the environment that they will push us towards electric vehicles and everything will be better. And finally, we won't just be the parasites who are destroying Mother Gaia. We will actually be worthy of our existence. So this is going to have a serious effect, a serious level of, of uh, economic effect on people who are uh, lower income because they're not able to afford the electric vehicle. So they'll still have gas vehicles. The gas vehicles, as we discussed when this came up, there will be less gas stations because after all, there will be less gas vehicles because there won't be any sale of new gas vehicles. And so they will have to drive further in order to get gas for their gas-powered vehicle and wait on longer lines for them. Then I make the assumption that what you will see is that it will be against the law in California to bring in a used gas-powered vehicle. 
So if you want to go to Arizona, take yourself a quick drive to Phoenix or pop on over to Vegas and get yourself a used car and then drive it back and register it in California, they'll be like, sorry, you can't do that. It must already be registered in California for you to purchase that used car that takes despicable evil gas. As a matter of fact, we're going to add a fee onto that for the used car because of how much damage you're doing to the environment. Oh, we know that the people in neighboring states of Oregon and Nevada and Arizona, they've got gas-powered vehicles. Oh, and they've got a whole crap ton of them. But hey, we're the good and righteous ones. They will work their way. Work their way to making it impossible to have a gas-powered vehicle in California. Now, that is not the law of unintended consequences. That is absolutely intended. Because we know this ideologically. Ideologically, this is what they want, to put an end to gas-powered vehicles. So they've made these moves. They feel all good about themselves. They are, are really impressed with themselves. Then we find this story. Consumers, according uh, to a notice from the state, consumers are urged to reduce energy use, urged to reduce energy use from 4 to 9 p.m. when the system is most stressed because demand for electricity, electricity remains high and there is less solar energy available. What is this notice? It is a notice about a heat advisory. That excessive heat is going to stress the energy grid. So they sent out, hey, here are some tips for how to deal with the increase in energy need and how to ease pressure on the grid. The top three conservation actions are to set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher. 78 degrees or higher. Mm, no, no, that's not, that's not happening. Avoid using larger appliances, turn off unnecessary lights, and avoid charging electric vehicles. Oh, I have to play it? I, 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 all right, I'll, I'll, I, I think I've got it. All right, no, I don't, I, I, oh, here it is. You shouldn't charge your electric vehicle, which you purchased so you could save the planet. And now they don't want you to charge it. That is not the law of unintended consequences. That is the plan. The plan is you not moving about the nation or about the state or about the municipality, about the city, about the town as you see fit because it's all abusing the planet. If you have electric vehicles and the electricity is controlled by the state, who controls how you move? You think, do you think that I'm engaged in some kind of conspiratorial talk? No one thinks I'm engaged in a level of conspiratorial talk. All I did, 
All I did was take a look at what they're doing and say, wait a second, this has a natural conclusion. The natural conclusion is that this is not the law of unattended consequences. This is about control of you. You can't utilize that vehicle, which we don't regulate as much as this vehicle where we control the power source, and then we guilt you into doing it through absolute fear, especially scaring your children. And then when you move over to this system, now you have to be a good person and not drive as much, you know, for our, for our own good. It seems that everything that the left wants to put together to help you lead a, a better life doesn't lead to you having a better life. It leads to you having their life or really the life they want to set up for you. And the life that they want to set up for you sucks. It sucks. The life that they want for you doesn't actually consider you. It considers their belief on what is best for you. I don't believe they know what's best. I do not believe for a second that the people of California, the elected officials of California know what's best for me. And it leads to the question of why do the people of California vote for these people? What must it be like to, to live a life where you believe yourself guilty for your existence? Your existence pains you. Well, Tony, their existence doesn't pain them. They just want to help the environment. They're, if they were willing not to travel for the environment, not to drive, that's on them, a choice that they can make. Here, the choices are government utilizing force to oppress others into this belief, and they cheer that. We talk about this with taxation, for example. You, there are those who believe that taxes should be higher, much higher, in, uh, massive. We should be taxing at rates going back to 50, 60, and 70%. Well, nothing stops someone from paying more in taxes. You could send a check to the federal government right now. You know what they will say? Thank you. You know, I take that back. They won't even say thank you. Uh, they'll look at the check and they'll go, hmm... Is that all? Audit! And they'll put it in the audit pile, and then we're off to the races. You know that's what they're going to do. They'll take your check. They'll gladly, joyfully, gleefully, willfully take your check. So why is it that the wealthiest amongst us, all those Hollywood elite snobs, why don't they just write bigger checks? Why don't they send an extra $5 million to the government? An extra 50000 to the federal government. There we go. Why five million, Tony? Fifty thousand, just an extra fifty k. They're not happy unless you're doing it. What kind of weirdo fetish is this? They could have done it. 
They could have done it. They could have had it. And 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 you know what we would say? Weird on them, but whatever. And we would go back to our lives. But they don't. They demand that you do it. They aren't okay with it until you are forced to do it. This is the weird power dynamic at play. That it wasn't enough for them not to drive a gas vehicle. You're not allowed to drive a gas vehicle, you bastard. And now that you're in an electric vehicle, you get to charge it when we say. I would look at somebody uh, rather askew if they thought that that was rational as opposed to what it is. Twisted and abusive because it's twisted and abusive. I don't care what California does. I care that California thinks it should be able to lead the, 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 the country in what it does. I care that there are some politicos out there so diseased and twisted and hateful that they should take this and say, let's apply it all over. And I must admit how disappointed I am in General Motors and a whole host of of auto manufacturers who have decided that the answer is all electric fleets, all electric cars, nothing else. It's, I, I, I have no issue with an electric vehicle. I do have an issue with electric force. I do have an issue with this level of, of connection and cabal. But these aren't unintended consequences. This was the plan. I'm Tony Katz. Yeah, you can be the greatest, you can be the best You can be the King Kong banging on your chest You can beat the world, you can beat the world What is Liz Cheney doing? And why is she doing What is she doing? And why is she doing it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, what's going on everybody? Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com what, what do you want me to do? Keep using Facebook? I mean, we're there, but we're getting throttled it's 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 abusive. I'll I'll talk more about it. TonyCats.locals.com. And yes, uh, for those of you in Indianapolis, we're celebrating the 200th uh, episode of Eat, Drink, Smoke, my cigar and bourbon show. Uh, by today, today is the 201st episode we're we're taping uh, today. Don't ask me why we didn't do it last week. I I don't know. Uh, we we're 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 getting together. Uh, if if you know the place, Blend Bar Cigar, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, we will be there at five o'clock. We are doing the uh, the, the 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 show uh, for everybody, and uh, and then uh, we we're, there's going to be a deal on cigars there. I think we're, we are smoking the Davidoff Dominicana 2014, which is which was my cigar of the year one year. Um, it's a fantastic smoke, and uh, we are cracking open a bottle of Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. You know, it's the start of September. September is Bourbon Heritage Month. So the birthday bourbon is one of the rarer things that they do. And I could sell my bottle of 2021 birthday bourbon on the on the uh, secondary market, we'll call it, uh, for $1,500. It's a $1,500 bottle of bourbon. I'm opening the mother up. I'm opening it up. And uh, no purchase necessary. Got to be 21 or older. Uh, and we're going to put names in a hat. We're going to put names in a hat. Remind me, I have to get a hat. Put names in a hat. And we're going to pull out five names, and uh, you're going to get a pour of 2021 Old Forester Birthday Bourbon. So that's happening today. I figure we all need a little bit of 
a time to breathe because the world's nuts. This is nuts. Liz Cheney decides to tweet about Ted Cruz. Understanding Ted Cruz isn't difficult. He lacks principle and has always been a chameleon who will say anything, anytime. He thinks he's so smart no one can see through him. Ted, we can. All of us can. Why is Liz Cheney even tweeting this? What was the point of this? What are you doing? I have seen Ted Cruz be rather principled, and I have seen him engage in some ways that I didn't think were smart for him. Of, of course. But why are you... a, a what what are you doing? Uh, Ted Cruz responded with a uh, gif uh, that basically states, I don't think about you at all. Which is right. No one's thinking about Liz Cheney. Did she think this was going to get her love? Now, it did get her 123,900 likes. But what does that matter? What does it matter that you got a like on social media? You lost your primary by 40 freaking points. What are you just, what are you, what are you doing? By the way, uh, you know, I was talking about the law of unintended consequences. Uh, here's one. Amazon put solar panels on top of all their fulfillment centers. Between April of 2020 and June of 2021, you know, because they were going to be woke and they got all this power of the sun, everything was going to be great. And oh, look what they're going to do. They're going to save the, 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 the planet. They have now taken them all offline because at six different times, the fulfillment centers caught fire or experienced electrical explosions because of the solar panels. I'm, um, Okay, their plan is to be zero out emissions by 2040, and rooftop solar is a part of it. Um, solar doesn't work yet. Don't think you can just have the whole nation, you know, just transfer over to this. It doesn't work. Not my fault. Just reality. Find everything at TonyCats.com and TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today. So very often, uh, and this happens on Facebook, which uh, we should be uh, clear, sucks. Oh, my, my transition away on, on from my page uh, on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. You, you want the, the nuts and bolts of it? Here, here's the nuts and bolts of it. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. Why am I moving it all to Locals? I don't have the biggest following on Facebook, nor the smallest. 25,000-some-odd. I, I, it's always been weird. I've always struggled in the social media world, but yet we do stellar on, on, on the radio and, and, and other places. Stellar. I don't, I don't know what it is. Am, am I not being wacky enough? 
You know, so, someone said to me, you know what, you, 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 need, you need some drama, Tony. What you need to do, uh, can, can you get yourself a child out of wedlock? That actually got suggested to me by a friend, right? He was looking out for my best interest. And, 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 and I said, um, no, 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 I've, I've got just the five uh, out of wedlock and that's enough for me. Really? Nothing? Nothing after that? No children out of wedlock, people. Settle, settle yourselves down. But it seems to be that's how people, you know, get the attention, the wilder, the wackier. I don't know what it is. I, 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 there was a time where it bothered me, and I just am not interested in having it bother me. But what I have noticed is that Facebook so screws with my page. I mean, I got a notification the other day that I'm, my page is locked, but it wasn't locked. But things were getting shared, but it didn't show it had any reach. And I can't boost anything on my page. I can't promote it. It's it's the weirdest thing ever. So who am I actually accessing in that 25,000? Wouldn't I be better off having a core thousand people who wanted to support the things that I was creating and doing? That's the take. And the answer is yes. Those who can afford to, 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 to subscribe will. Those who won't, they'll, they'll get other content. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm not saying yet you have to be a, a, a paid subscriber over at Locals. I'm saying I want control of my world, and I don't care if that world is quote-unquote smaller. That's not the damn point. I want a world that I can reach and actually interact with. Facebook won't allow it because Facebook sucks. Because, well, it does. Maybe it works for other people. Not for me. Not for me. But when I'm there and, and, and weird things will, will come up in, in, in videos and, and, and as, as posts, and I, I, I came across this. I, don't, I, I think this was from Facebook. It was, can you recognize a movie from a single scene? And it, it, it's still images. And I'm like, well, this is the weirdest thing ever. You either know the movie or you don't. Right? If I have Jeff Bridges in shorts and a bathrobe sitting on a toilet, what's the movie? It's The Big Lebowski. Everybody knows this. Unless you never saw The Big Lebowski, in which case you're going to hell. And shame on you. I have in front of me a picture of a young Olivia Newton-John who's backed up by four girls wearing pink. Is the movie Grease or Animal House? That's what it's asking me. This is a real thing online. Who has the time to, to do this? Who would want the time to do this? I have a photo of Tom Hanks with kind of a buzzed haircut, eating two ice cream cones. Saving Private Ryan or Forrest Gump? Can I be done now? Maybe we all need to get out of Facebook or wherever these places are because this is time-wasting stuff. If I'm going to waste time, I want to waste it on the Lord of the Rings prequel, which Amazon, to an extent, is betting the farm on. Amazon 
is putting a billion dollars on the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, a 50-hour television series based on the historical footnotes published at the end of book three. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It, it's it's uh, out Friday on Prime Video. So I will tell you that I think Peter Jackson's films, uh, The Lord of the, uh, of the Ring, The Two Towers, and The Return of the King, were sensational. Loved it. Uh, I am not a much, I'm not much of a, of a reader for fun. Never have been. My problem is I don't do well with dialogue. Uh, in, in general, when I read three pages in, I fall asleep. But when it comes to dialogue, I find no dialogue believable. It's why when I've tried to write films of my own or scripts of my own, screenplays of my own, books of my own, I'm like, I don't believe it. People don't talk like this. It doesn't make sense. When I go back and read some of the things I've, I've written, I'm like, this is, this is awful. This is awful and terrible, and I'm disgusted with what I've done here. But when I read The Lord of the Rings, uh, man, I, 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 was, I was good. And I remember I was working, training to be a restaurant manager in Chicago. Oh, don't ask about that history in my part of my life. That, that sad chapter. And I was taking the L to this training, and I would read the book on the train. And I knew nothing about the Lord of the Rings series except that it was three books. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, The Return of the King. There came a moment where I was about three pages from the end of The Lord of the Rings. And I realized there was no way for this to wrap up. And there's no, this book can't wrap up in three pages. There's no way. And I said, oh my gosh. This story continues. Like, I, I, I forget what age I was. How did I, what did I think was going to happen? Like, did I think there were three different stories? It was the same story and how it grew. And I, 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 my mind was freaking blown. So I, I, I was a fan of the books. And I'm absolutely a fan of the movies. And I could, if you told me, hey, Tony, uh, you could either uh, keep doing radio or you could, or you can watch uh, the, the trilogy, I'd be like, guys, I'll catch you later. I'd, I'd, oh, I love it. It's like I could watch at any moment uh, The Hunt for Red October. I don't know. Those movies fit into my like Gene Hackman theory uh, from PCU, right? That any moment of the day you can find a Gene Hackman film on TV. Like, like I will stop. To, to watch Red, Hunt for Red October. Yes, I know it's Alec Baldwin, but it was before I knew he was a lowlife Alec Baldwin. Before he was a murderer Alec Baldwin, this was good Alec Baldwin. Amazon is putting a billion dollars on this. A billion dollars. And it's you You have to be of, of, of the geekiest geek to be cool with this this really is going to be something else so the rings of power is set in uh, Tolkien's second age so this is thousands of years before the events of the hobbit 
and then the Lord of the Rings. It's, uh, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. I'm going to give it a go. I think the question before us is, how does a streaming service, even though it's Amazon, you're putting a billion dollars on it, what is what is the actionable, or is it the actionable? What is the quantifiable ROI? New subscribers? Subscribers who stick around? Viewer hours? What is it? That I don't have an answer to. I don't know what moves them in, in, in that regard. What is it that, that, that the, the streaming service is doing with this? And to make this, this world, what did you give up? Amazon spent $250 million on the rights from Tolkien's estate and $465 million on the first season alone. And it's committed from the start to making five full seasons. So you take the 250, you divide that by five, and it was 465 million for the first season. So 465 times five. So you're well over two billion. I don't know what you get out of it. But I'll watch. They they they've got me on that. I will indeed watch. I'm Tony Katz. So it's not just Amazon making moves to get your attention. NBC is making moves to get your attention. And that might include getting Chuck Todd off the network. Now, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I am saying I hope they do it. But will they learn anything from the actual action? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Chuck Todd hosts Meet the Press, and Chuck Todd is not very good at it. Now, what's interesting is that the, the, the word on the street has always been that Chuck Todd is like some kind of political savant. Great memory, great knowledge, great study of the game, all that jazz. But just like far too many people, Chuck Todd had no interest in setting himself out as somebody who was trying to get the story. He set himself out as somebody who was trying to exploit a narrative. Let's be clear, Chuck Todd is far smarter than Brian Stelter. But Chuck Todd had an opportunity, and Meet the Press was an opportunity. The opportunity on Meet the Press was to be somebody who the um, audience could relate to and who the Politico respected and a touch feared. Feared because, all right, it's going to be a rough interview. They're going to ask tough questions. I have to be prepared. They're not going to let me skate on an answer. There is going to be pushback. Pushback matters. If you're not pushing back in these types of shows, you're not doing the the, the, the job right. Trevor Noah was uh, hosting the White House Correspondents' Dinner. And he said, he looked at Chuck Todd, he goes, how are you doing? And then followed up by saying, I'd ask a follow-up, but I know you don't know what those are. I mean, that's just brutalizing. 
When I do an interview on the show, uh, there are times I do follow-ups and times that I don't. I want to leave their comments as it is, and then we can go about dissecting it later. But there's something different about the radio interview versus the in-person. There, there is. There, for, for me, it, 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 it's, it's a different... Um, it, the, the, the medium itself changes, I think, the interview. Then, of course, there is the, the purpose of it. Sometimes I want to hear people talk because it, it's, it's very telling. Sometimes you want to engage the pushback because what they're telling you isn't um, connected to the subject at hand. So I play in, in the more respectful spot. Uh, on, on an interview, and I've actually been working hard on being somebody who pushes back respectfully because it can be done. Chuck Todd didn't want to push back because being a tough interview was to him dangerous and detrimental because, well, if you're too tough, I won't come on with you. As opposed to if I am tough but fair, the audience will respect it, and they'll then call out the people who don't come on the show. The audience matters greatly. And I will say to you that Chuck Todd, nor anybody who was a part of that show, ever actually cared about the audience. This is my take. The audience is looking for you to do something for them. So I believe that in my role, the audience does want me to ask tough questions, but they actually want to hear the answer. They don't want a constant interruption of the answer. They want to hear what it is that a person X, Y, or Z has to say about the question writ large. The audience that's tuning in to meet the press is a very specific audience that wants to not only ask the question, but wants to press when the answer is not in accord with the question. If you don't know that's what your audience is looking for and that you have to make sure that you are connected to them, you hear them, you understand them. Look, I I would tell you that if my uh, interview style was to ask a question and then interrupt and interrupt and interrupt and interrupt and call them stupid and interrupt and interrupt and interrupt, I would probably have a different audience. I doubt it would be as plentiful. Now, you could say, well, Tony, if you did that, maybe you'd have a bigger audience. And I could say to myself, you know what? I'm good with this. This style, this methodology works for me. I think I get the best of everything. Maybe I would be better off if I did X, Y, or Z. But when you had eight years of doing this show and the ratings were going down and the ratings were going down and the ratings were going down, because they were, they are down 21% in total viewership and 24% in key advertising demos compared to last year. Don't you ask yourself, am I doing this right? Don't you ask yourself that question? I ask myself that question. And to the extent that you would allow ratings to determine who you are, I've been very fortunate. I do it exactly the way I do it, and the ratings have followed. Accolades have followed. 
I have never changed how I ask the question. I have indeed changed the style in which I present the question because there was a better way to do it. And in doing this for years and learning that better way, I believe it's created more connection with, 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 with you, me, and we. I don't think Chuck Todd ever did that. I think Chuck Todd believed that he was Chuck Todd. Ordained by God to host Meet the Press. Tim Russert who? So is he going to get moved out? I don't mind if he is. Just put somebody in who will ask good questions and is more interested in the audience than in being invited to parties. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Tony Katz.